I hope if you got a good mama, you don't just celebrate her one day of the year. Didn't our kids do a great job in that video? Didn't they do a good job talking about their mamas? I want to thank Sister Rachel and her team, Brother Brett and his team that took care of that, our media team and our children's ministry team. They did a great job. And I will let you know that video they're being posted, if they haven't posted it already, it'll be posted today to our YouTube channel. And uh, so if you don't subscribe to our YouTube channel, go ahead and do so. And uh, that video, if you want to send it to friends or family, uh, if you want to show them what, you know, little Johnny or little Billy said, just, uh, uh, just send them the link to the YouTube channel and it will be posted and uh, there's also other sermons and other services that we are working to post weekly there to the YouTube channel and praying in Jesus' name uh, we will get to the point where we are able to stream our services to the YouTube channel, not have to post them later, but we'll have the capabilities to stream them directly to YouTube. And I'm excited about when that day comes. I'm, I'm ready for that to happen. Amen. You can return to your seats. Just remain standing as you do. We're going to pray together before we go into the word of the Lord. I understand that Mother's Day is, is, is one of those days that while it's such a celebratory day for many, it's a mixed day for others. And so I tell you that whatever this day feels like for you, maybe you didn't have the best relationship with your mother. Maybe you've experienced loss or tragedy. Maybe uh, you didn't have the best relationship with your kids, or maybe you've been unable to have children. Wherever you're at in the spectrum of feelings and emotions on Mother's Day, I tell you that you are in the right place for Jesus Christ to minister to you, to strengthen you, and to take you into whatever he has for you. I will read my text later in the message, but I'm going to preach to you this morning about sacred sack lunches. Look at your neighbor and say, sacred sack lunches. Now look back at him and say, I have no idea what that means. <laughs> would you lift up your voice together and just for a moment, would you ask Jesus to talk to your heart today in the name of Jesus? Lord, I thank you for your presence. I thank you for every one of your people that are gathered here. And God, I pray right now that by the authority of your word and the power of your spirit, you would do what only you can do here today. We ask it, we pray it, we claim it, we speak it in Jesus' name. And everyone say amen. Amen. You can be seated in Jesus' name. I remember well, it's been a few years ago, that second only to actually eating lunch at school, my favorite activity during our grade school lunch hour or lunch break was to scope out the lunches at the table next to you and some of you are already nodding your heads because you know where I'm going. And to see if there was anything worth trading for. <laughs> to find out if maybe your friends had something better than you did. And the table would turn into some sort of black market undercover trading post where you'd say, I'll give you a bag of chips and you give me your cookies. Or I'll give you this and you give me that. You, you always hope that one weird kid sat at your table. You know the kid. The kid that would give you his cookies in exchange for your broccoli. <laughs> that kid. 
The kid that would gladly take your carrot sticks and give you a bag of Doritos in exchange. You just prayed that one of those kids sat at your table. If you were that kid, I apologize for calling you weird. I preach the truth in love. <laughs> there was candy bars floating around and chips here and there and and, and some things had a higher commodity than, than other things, you know. You had a couple of those bite-sized Butterfingers or Baby Ruths. Those were valuable. If you had a Lunchable, that was extremely valuable. Kids always wanted the Lunchables. I asked my kids, what's the hot commodity at the lunch table today? And they said, Dad, Uncrustables are really popular. Anybody know what those are? They're those peanut butter. How do you... How do you sell peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for that? I don't know, but they do. These uncrustables, all the crust cut off them. They said Doritos are valuable. And Oreos. Any Oreo fans? I love Oreos. Oreos are really valuable, they said. And Oreos are actually what got Lisa in trouble. <laughs> Lisa Pearson was out of fruit and vegetables one day. And so she packed Oreos in her daughter's lunch. She sent her daughter Natalie to school with Oreos instead of vegetables, not thinking much of it as she dropped her off at the Children's Academy in Aurora, Colorado, where she attended preschool. Pearson was stunned when her four-year-old little Natalie came home later in the day with her lunch eaten but her cookies untouched. Along with the untouched cookies was a very sternly worded note from the administration of the school, to which Lisa Pearson claims, I was lunch shamed. <laughs> the note read in part, and I quote, Dear parents, it is very important that all students have a nutritious lunch and snacks. This is a public school setting, and all children are required to have a fruit, a vegetable, and a healthy snack from home along with Milk, Lunchables, chips, fruit snacks, peanut butter are not considered acceptable or healthy snacks. Kind of Nazis running this school. <laughs> this is very important part of our program, the note continued. And we need every parent's participation was what the note said, which was provided by mom to ABC News. Lisa would probably say, like most of you, that's a little over the top. <laughs> that's a little too strict. Lisa would tell ABC News, she said, Natalie is not overweight by any means. I feed her healthy as much as I can. She also noted that her daughter's lunch included some san a sandwich, some string cheese, and some milk. She said, it's not like I was offering Oreos to the entire class. Now, that would have been okay in my book. She said, and it's not like Oreos or cookies were the only thing in her lunch. It was just a little pack of Oreos. Officials at the Children's Academy where Natalie went to school, they said they had no comment when they were contacted by ABC News. I imagine not. <laughs> but a spokesperson for the Aurora Public Schools said this, and I quote, From our end, we want to remind parents that we are trying to promote healthy eating. <laughs> now, whether you agree 
or not. And I don't think I need to ask a show of hands on whether you agree <laughs> with what the Aurora Public School System did. Whether you agree or not, the statement by the spokesperson jumped out at me when it concluded with this. What's packed in your child's lunch matters much more than you may realize. I would suppose this morning, this Mother's Day 2022, that from what little we know about the lad, the young boy in John chapter 6, that we can safely assume because of the original language of Scripture that denotes that his age would have been very young, that, that probably late that night before, or maybe like some of you mamas, early that morning, there was a mother in a kitchen who cared about what her little lad would take in his lunch sack that day. As providence would have it, she packed for him in their little kitchen, if you'll let my mind imagine here. She packed for him a little lunch that he would take with him. It wasn't Lunchables or Uncrustables or Oreos. She packed, I guess, whatever they had, which just happened to be five little pieces of bread and two little fishes. Five loaves and two fishes. The lad was going with his crowd of friends and his neighbors and his town folk to hear this teacher that all of Galilee was buzzing about. All of Galilee was talking about this teacher who had such amazing words to speak, who had such great lessons to offer. This teacher who was not just a teacher, but he was a miracle worker. In fact, by the time the lad would get to him with his little lunch of five loaves and two fishes, this teacher would have already opened up blinded eyes, uh, would have already cleansed lepers. He would have already calmed the wind and the waves at sea. He had already done miracle after miracle. In fact, he had already even healed his friend's mother-in-law. <laughs> now that's a real miracle right there. Sorry, sorry, Mother's Day. I mean, anybody that's going to heal a mother-in-law is a good dude, right? I'm so happy to have my mother-in-law here today, by the way. I'm glad she's here. I forgot she was here for a minute. So the young lad carrying his sack lunch walks with the crowd to hear Jesus teach. Walks with the crowd to hear what this uh, miracle worker would say. Carrying with him his hopes that maybe they'll see a miracle. Maybe they'll get lucky. And here he is with his sack lunch, his five loaves and two fishes. The day was long and Jesus' sermons were even longer. And so the day went on and people grew hungry and Jesus and the disciples tried unsuccessfully to find a, a way to feed all of these thousands of people. 5,000 men alone, the Bible says, to be exact, plus the women and children on top of that, they had just about given up hope when we pick up the story in our text in John chapter 6. And the Bible says that before they completely gave up hope of feeding the crowd that day, that one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish. But his last statement to Jesus is impactful. But what are they? Among so many. Jesus, you've got thousands of people to feed here today. This little sack lunch of five loaves and two fish isn't really going to do a lot to feed the multitudes or the masses that day. 
Jesus didn't even respond to his question. He just said in verse 10, he said, make the people sit down. There was much grass in the place. Somebody had been fertilizing the lawn, I suspect. And the men sat down in the number, about 5,000, and Jesus took the loaves. And we begin to give thanks. He distributed them. One gospel says he began to break them and pass them out among all those that were sitting down. And likewise, the fish. And this last phrase of this second verse is, is in such contrast to the last phrase I pointed out to you at the previous verse. He was worried, Andrew was, about lack. But Jesus said, we're going to pass out as much as anybody wants. You maybe have heard the story before. From five loaves and two little fishes. Five little barley cakes and two little fishes. Jesus feeds an entire crowd of thousands of people with five loaves and two fishes. He breaks it and he gives it to the disciples. And as they pass it out, there is a miracle of multiplication. I mean, can you imagine being in that crowd, being hungry after hearing the long, full day of sermons? I mean, Jesus didn't even try to fit his sermons into 45 minutes. Some of y'all wouldn't have liked Jesus to be your pastor. <laughs> well, Jesus was preaching all day long. And, and, and you might say, well, pastor, if you were Jesus, I'd listen longer. And that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Jesus was preaching long. Can you imagine when they started seeing these fish and bread? Fishing, I mean, that was the best fish and chips they had ever tasted. I mean, it was good stuff. Look at your neighbor and just lick your lips a little bit. Just mm. It was good fish and chips. It was G-U-D good. The kids these days would say it was bussing fish and chips. Everybody ate their fill. They had baskets left over. They had, there was fragments they were gathering up. People had eaten so much they were stuffed. They were full. They couldn't get in any more there in their bellies. They were so full of fish and chips. You know, a couple things that intrigue me about this story is we never read that there was this mountain of fish and chips. We never read that there was this mountain of bread and loaves that appeared. But watch what happened. It was the miracle of multiplication. As the lad put what he had in the hands of the master, Jesus broke it and blessed it and distributed it in a way that the lad never could. Can I take that a step further or maybe even a step backwards and tell you that what mama put in the lunch sack of the little boy was what the boy would put in the hands of the master. And when what mama put in the lunch sack of the boy got into the hands of the master, it was blessed and broken and multiplied and it became the food for thousands there that day. I'm telling you, Jesus is still in the multiplication business. Jesus is still in the miracle working uh, business. Uh, can I rise today to preach uh, to encourage every mother that's here and not just mothers uh, but this word is for every single human being in this room today. Everybody watching online. Everybody that will watch it later online. Can I encourage you today uh, that you may not feel like what you're putting in the lunch sack is very much. Uh, you may not feel like you have a lot to offer or a lot to give uh, but just put it in the hands uh, of the master. 
Just put it in the hands of the master. And when you put that little bit in the hands of the master, Jesus can break it. Jesus can bless it. And Jesus can multiply it. I'm telling you today that whether it is manna in the wilderness, uh, whether it's the oil in the vessels for the widow and her sons, uh, whether it's the meal supply for the widow of Zarephath, uh, wh whatever it is, uh, that when you have a little bit left, uh, you ought never just keep that little bit for yourself, uh, but say, Jesus, I give you whatever I have. Uh, and when you give it to Jesus, uh, he'll bless it and multiply it every time. You know, sometimes, this isn't my message, but just as a side note, sometimes when all we have is a little bit, we get a little more stingy. We fear, and we let fear drive what we put in the hands of the master, rather than faith drive what, puts, what we put in the hands of the master. I'm here to tell somebody today that you ought to tap into some faith this morning and quit fearing that you're going to run it. If you keep the loaves and fishes to yourself, uh, you probably will run out. Uh, but if you'll put it in the hands of Jesus uh, as an act of faith, uh, trust him. The one that spoke the worlds into existence, uh, he can multiply your fishes and loaves. Uh, the one that spoke the universe into existence, uh, he can multiply what you put in his hands. God, help us get in a position of sacrifice uh, where I'm willing uh, to give freely to the Lord, uh, where I'm willing to offer him what little lunch I have uh, and say it's in your hands, Jesus. You know what's, it, what's fascinating is the boy didn't lose what he had when he gave it to Jesus. I got a word for somebody. Quit being afraid about losing uh, what you give. Uh, you might give it to somebody else. Uh, you give it to Walmart and you might lose it. Uh, you give it to Target and you might lose it. You give it to your 13th Amazon order of the week, even though you do have Prime, and you might lose it. Uh, but when you put it in the hands of the master, uh, you're never... It doesn't say that 5,000 men were fed, but the little lad went hungry. The lad got to eat along with everybody else because he was willing to put it in the hands of the miracle multiplier. So I'm preaching on this Mother's Day that what she, what mama put in his lunch sack uh, was what he would put in the hands of the master. Uh, and what he would put in the hands of the master would be what would bless the multitudes today. Uh, and so I've come on this Mother's Day to preach uh, to every mom, every parent, every elder, uh, every leader, everybody who has any influence in your life and tell you that what you pack in the lunch sack of that baby's life matters more than you realize. I've come to preach to somebody today that what you patch, pack in the lunch sack of your own life matters more than you could ever imagine. Oh, we want to raise our babies to be good babies, don't we? Mamas, we want to raise our babies uh, to be good babies. There's a song that says, don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys. I don't know about any of that, but we want them to be good babies. 
We want them to be patient and we want them to be loving and we want them to be kind and we want to pack some tenderness in their lunch and we want to pack some intelligence uh, in their lunch and we want to pack some hopes and some dreams uh, in the lunch sack of their life. We want to pack some stuff in their lunch that matters but can I preach to you today and tell you that it matters not just in the immediate uh, but what you pack in the lunch sack of that little lad's life uh, is going to be what God is going to use uh, in his life down the road uh, when you're not even watching uh, and maybe you're not even around anymore. Can I preach to mamas just for a minute here today? And can I tell you, sometimes motherhood, maybe it seems mundane. Maybe it seems just monotonous. Maybe just the act of standing over the countertop packing a lunch at the end of a long day was stressful. Maybe the act of just packing a lunch, nobody's watching, there's no fanfare, nobody's handing you flowers. Thank you, mom, for packing another lunch today. There are many tasks of motherhood that are mundane at best. But I thank God for a mama that didn't view it as mundane. I thank God for a mama that said, just let him go without or let somebody else pack his lunch. Because if you let somebody else pack his lunch, somebody else will pack his lunch. If you let somebody else speak into their life, somebody else will speak into their life. You let somebody else teach them the principles of life. If you don't teach them, somebody else will teach them. You better care what you pack in their lunch, moms and dads, and anybody with influence in this room today. She could have easily looked around and said, well, all the other mamas are doing this. Or all the other mamas are doing that. Uh, but I'm just sitting here packing a lunch. Uh, what good is this doing in life? Uh, maybe she could have asked herself, you know what? These other mamas, they're starting their own blogs. Uh, and they're starting their own websites. And they're starting their own businesses. Uh, and here I am just packing a lunch. Uh, don't you listen to that voice, mama. Don't you listen to that voice, mother. Uh, it may think You may think it's mundane. Uh, and you may look around at what everybody else is posting on Instagram. Uh, what everybody else's social media feed looks like. Uh, and you say I'm just packing a silly lunch uh, but I'm telling you today what you pack in the lunch sack of their life uh, matters uh, what you pack in the lunch sack of his life her life matters and it was in the routine of packing a lunch uh, that a miracle for thousands would be provided. Uh, and I speak prophetically over every mother and every parent uh, and every influencer here and tell you uh, the things in your life that you do not see as mattering uh, right now may be the very things uh, that God uses down the road uh, to give that baby influence over thousands. Can I, preach about, can I preach about a couple of things here before we get out of here that you better pack in the lunch? And I'm hurrying. But you better pack some salvation in their lunch sack. Acts 2.38 is still... It's not a way, it is the way. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. You better pack some salvation in their lunch sack. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Deuteronomy 6.4. You better pack some Colossians 2.9 in their lunch sack. In him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him. Can I preach a little bit more? You better pack some faithfulness in their lunch sack. You better pack some consistency in the lunch sack of their life. It matters whether you're faithful or not. 
I'd rather be consistent than be celebrated. It'd be nice to have both, but I'll take consistency every single time. That's why Paul wrote, he said, but beloved, be ye steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Your faithfulness matters. Your babies are watching your faithfulness. Well, can I preach a little bit? I know it's Mother's Day, but can I preach to you a little bit? You better pack some faithfulness in their lunch sack. Don't wonder why they don't want to go to church at a certain age if your faithfulness has been 50% or 60% at best. I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be mean on Mother's Day. I'm just preaching to you the Word of God. Your faithfulness matters. You better put some faithfulness in their lunch sack if you want them to be around this thing a little while. You know what else? You better pack some prayer in their lunch sack. Teach those babies how to pray. Don't let them assume you pray. Let them hear you pray. Don't let them imagine you praying. Let them see you pray. I thank God for mamas that aren't afraid to get down on their knees in their living rooms and pray in front of their babies. I thank God for mamas that aren't afraid to call out to Jesus even in the middle of a car ride. I need you to pack some prayer in their lunch sacks. Teach those babies how to pray. Teach those babies it's valuable to talk to God. Teach those babies it's valuable to lift up your hands. Teach those babies it's valuable to worship God. Don't lean on some other worshiper to teach them how to worship. Mamas, daddies, you teach those babies how to worship. Let them follow your example. God forbid if I just sit back with my hands folded uh, and I say, man, I hope they look at Viraj's worship. Uh, I hope they look at Omar's worship. Uh, I, I, I hope they look at Brother Rob's worship. Uh, no, no, no. I want them to be able, they can look at all that. That's good. Uh, and, and it really does take a village sometimes. Uh, but I want them to see Mama and Daddy's worship too. Uh, let them hear Mama and Daddy's prayer too. Uh, you better pack some prayer in their lunch set. You got to pack the Word of God in their lunch sack. If you don't pack enough Word, they're going to get their lunch sack full of philosophy and humanistic thinking and worldly carnal ideas. You better put so much Word in their lunch sack that they'll stare down a professor and say, It is written. It is written. I walk by faith and not by sight. I thank God for every mama and daddy that's packing the word in their baby's lunch sack. Keep doing it. Don't put it on the pastor. Read the Bible at home. Have family devotions at home. Gather around the table at home. Pack some prayer. Pack some word. You know what else you need to pack in their lunch sack? You need to pack some sacrifice in their lunch sack. Okay, I might lose some folks here. Sacrifice is not a cuss word. If we're not careful, we will spend much of our parenthood trying to shield our babies from sacrifice. But we had to sacrifice. Jesus didn't say, all of you over 25, take up your cross and follow me. He said, take up your cross and follow me. It's all right that our kids sacrifice a little bit for the gospel. 
I don't want them to wake up one day and I have to sit them down at 18 years old and say, okay, now that you're magically an adult, there's some things you can't do that everybody else does and and bait and switch and sneak attack them. We ought to be teaching them from the earliest age about sacrifice. Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. In other words, sometimes, little Billy, it's not always going to be easy doing what's right. Sometimes, little Sally, it's not always going to be easy to live for God. You're going to not be able to do things everybody else does. And you're not going to be able to go where everybody else goes. And you're not going to be able to participate like everybody else participates. But that's all right. I would rather them be right and stand alone than be wrong in the middle of a crowd. Can I say it again? I would rather them be right and stand alone than be wrong and be in the center of the crowd. Pentecost is not a penalty on your life. Pentecost is a blessing on your life. I know it's Mother's Day, but I am fired up. I'm telling you, somebody's got to pack something in the lunch sack of these babies' life that we see on the screen. Somebody's got to teach them the word, teach them to pray, teach them to sacrifice. You got to pack some respect in their life. You better pack some submission in their life. The word says, I'm not in my ideas, the word says in Hebrews, obey them that have the rule over you. For they watch for your souls. They're looking out for you. Authority, the Bible says authority is of God. You got a problem with authority, you got a problem with God. Well, thank you, four of you. You better pack some submission in their life. uh, Because if you teach them the opposite, they're going to learn that too. uh, And they'll suffer from it all of their days. uh, But if you pack some respect uh, and submission in their life, uh, they'll be blessed by that all their days. The New Living Translation says, Obey your spiritual leaders. They're tasked with watching for your soul. And they are accountable to God for your soul. I thank God for every mama and every daddy and every Sunday school teacher and every leader that's packing some submission in their life. I thank God. You know what you ought to pack in their life? You ought to pack some joy in their life. It's not a drudge to live for God. It's not a treachery to live for God. Don't just come to church snarling and fussing and cussing every Sunday. Come to church in the joy of the Lord. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Why? For the Lord is good. Somebody ought to pack some joy in their life. Somebody ought to get some joy back in your home. Uh, Somebody ought to get some joy back in your family. You know what the Bible says in the book of Deuteronomy? And I'm hurrying to a close. The Bible says in the book of Deuteronomy 28, it says your sons and daughters will be given to another people and their eyes shall, your eyes shall fail with longing for them all the day and there shall be no strength in your hand. In other words, uh, your sons and daughters are going to be taken away. And verse 41 says, and you shall beget sons and daughters, uh, but they shall not be yours. They shall go into captivity. Nobody wants to see their babies bondage, uh, in bondage. But why did this happen? 
Verse 47 says, Because you did not serve the Lord your God with joy and gladness of heart out of the abundance of everything. Your joy matters more than you think. Your joy matters more than you realize. You gotta pack some joy in their life. God, I pray you'd get the joy back in our houses. I pray you'd get the joy back in every household. I pray the joy of the Lord would be restored as our strength. Get them joy about serving God. Get them joy about serving God. I hope they are happy going to school. Probably not. Hope they're happy in all their lessons. Hope they're happy in all their practices and with all their coaches. But if you're not teaching them joyfulness about the things of God, you're leaving an empty spot in their lunch sack that something else will fill, that a love for the world will fill. Can I tell you their greatest achievement in this worldly life is not going to be that they're the CEO of some company. It's not going to be that they're a pilot. It's not going to be that they're a business owner. It's not going to be that they're a hotel manager. It's not going to be that they're a basketball or a baseball player. It's not going to be that they're a successful construction worker. The greatest thing you can see achieved in their life if they become a Sunday school teacher or they become a nursery worker or they become a praise team member or a band member or a door greeter in the house of God, or a ministry leader, or a youth worker, or a disciple maker. That's the greatest thing you can pack into their life. That's the greatest thing you can pack in their life. So you don't have to pick one or the other. You don't have to do this or that. But you better know which one is a priority. You better understand mamas and daddies and grandparents and parents. Which one is the priority? I'm packing in their life. Because if they're never a CEO... If they never start a business, if they can't get past any single college entrance exam. But if they're a Sunday school teacher that impacts thousands of lives. Or if they're a nursery worker that prays over those crying, snot-faced little babies. While their mama's in here being able to focus on the presence of God. If they're a door greeter, that when somebody's had a friend just commit suicide or they lost their job on Saturday night and you're the first smiling face that they see at the sanctuary on Sunday morning. Brothers and sisters, what we do here changes lives. What we do here changes lives. That's the greatest thing they could ever be. You gotta pack their lunch uh, with something sacred uh, because if you'll view what you're putting in their life as sacred, one day it'll be put in the hands of the master and it will become miraculous. Lift up your voice to the Lord right now all across this room. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. 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 You say, Pastor, I love the Lord. I love Him in my heart. It's not enough to have it in your heart. Second Chronicles says that a son had to rise and build a temple that the father never did. You know why? Because chapter 6 and verse 7 says, 
it was in the heart of the Father to build the temple for the name of the Lord God of Israel. It is possible, parents, that it is in your heart, but just because it's in your heart does not mean it will translate to those babies. I thank God for every parent, for every Sunday school teacher, for every leader. I'm not just preaching to parents here today. If you're in this room, you have influence. You have people that look to you. You have young people, younger eyes, people who are not quite at your stage in life that are watching what you do and watching how you live and what you put in the lunch sack of your own life matters. But we got to get it out of our hearts and we got to get into our Monday through Sunday practice. We got to get it out of our hearts and we got to get it into our lips. We got to get it out of our hearts and get it into our hands. We got to get it out of our hearts and we got to get it into our feet. We got to get it out of our hearts and we got to get it into our homes. So I stand here today at the close of this Mother's Day service and I say one of the greatest things you can pack in the lunch sack of that baby's life, one of the greatest things you can pack in the lunch sack of your own life is you ought to pack a love for the presence of the Holy God of Israel. You ought to pack a love for the presence of the Holy God of all the universe. Somebody ought to say, Lord, I love you more than I love anything else in my life. God, I prioritize you above everything else in my life. Oh, if that's you, you ought to stand to your feet and begin to express your love heavenward right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, if the altar is good enough for adults, it's good enough for kids. If it's good enough for elders, it's good enough for young people too. If the altar is good enough for moms and dads and God-fearing grandparents, then the altar is good enough for those babies too. You know what you ought to do? You ought to get out of your seat. You ought to come down to this altar. And you ought to grab you one of these little brown bags that are scattered all across this front. You ought to grab one of these little brown bags. And you ought to clutch it to your chest as you call out to God. Or you ought to lift it up heavenward as you lift up your voice. And you ought to declare, Lord, I want to reexamine what I'm packing in the lunch sack of my own life. And God, as I look at my own life. As I look at my own life, God, I'm going to look at what I'm packing in the lunch sack of my kids' life, in the life of my family. These aren't just plain brown bags. These are beautiful brown bags. These are sacred brown bags. These aren't just ugly little knapsacks. These are beautiful, sacred lunch sacks. And what you pack in them matters. It may be the mundane task of Sunday morning faithfulness. It may be the mundane task 
of Wednesday night attendance. It may be the mundane task of sacrifice and giving. It may be the mundane task of daily prayer and Bible reading that produces the miraculous in their life down the road. And so I'm preaching today as you lift up your voice to the Lord all across this room. Come on, as you lift up your voice to the Lord, I'm preaching that what you're doing is not in vain. What you're doing is not wasted. The prayers you're praying are not in vain. The time you're investing is not wasted. The word you're reading is not in vain. Come on, somebody lift up the little brown bag of your life and say, God, I consecrate to you today. God, I recommit to you today. God, I give myself to you.